0: Here okay, we are reading in the book of Acts, the book of Acts, and I'll start reading in, verse, in Acts chapter 13, reading at verse 42. Start reading again in verse 42 of Acts chapter 13. And as Paul and Barnabas were going out, the people kept begging that these things might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. Now when the meeting of the synagogue had broken up, and many of the Jews and the God-fearing proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, were urging them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, nearly the whole city assembled to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said... It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles, for so the Lord has commanded us. I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, uh, now when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of prominence and the leading men of the city and instigated the persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust of their feet and protested against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we had covered last time this portion in 42 through about forty five about how Paul and Barnabas were extremely successful here, and so so this is remember they, they had they had come into Antioch and, and they began to share in this synagogue and they were so successful that the whole city had asked them to come had gathered the following week to hear this message nearly the whole city and so when they shared, they had tremendous success, but then there was this spiritual attack and and so much so that that, uh, they were contradicting the things that the disciples were teaching. So just because we get spiritual attack does not mean that we've missed the will of God. Not at all. And just because attack comes, we could very much be in the will of God. And so that they, 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 they weren't flustered by this sort of thing. Now, I want to pick up in verse 47. It says, For so the Lord has commanded us, I've placed you as a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So this is a quote, actually this is a quote from, from Isaiah chapter 42. So they are quoting Isaiah 42. Isaiah chapter 42 is a chapter about the Messiah. It's a messianic section where it talks about what the Messiah is going to do. And here, in verse 47, they are applying it to themselves. They're saying in verse 47, So the Lord has commanded us, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Well, how can they be so presumptuous? And if if, if somebody doesn't want to take Isaiah 42 as speaking of the Messiah, the coming Messiah, although to begin to read in Isaiah 42 and think that that's not of the Messiah is is a big stretch, but you may say, well, down in this particular verse, maybe it was speaking of the nation of Israel, that he he, he had appointed the nation of Israel to reach out, to be an outreach to the world. So you see, it actually was, in God's plan, from the beginning, in God's plan, always to not have this just restricted to the Jews, but to have the word go out to the Gentiles, to the ends of the earth. And in Isaiah 42, it's interesting, in, in, in this Isaiah 42, verse, verse uh, uh, 6, I believe, um, what, what is being translated here, is from the Septuagint. The Septuagint was written about 500 years before the birth of Christ, 500 years to 250 years before the birth of Christ. It was the Greek translation of the Old Testament. What we have as our Old Testament is not a translation from the Septuagint. What we have as our Old Testament is from the Mesoretic text, the Hebrew text, which actually dates back to around 1000 A.D., So actually, the Septuagint text predates the Masoretic text. And so you'll see that, you know, it's not the exact wording as what we'll have in Isaiah 42, although the concept is very much the same, how the witness would go out to the Gentile nation. But what I want to focus on is how presumptuous of these two apostles to apply that scripture to themselves. How could they do that? Well, actually, this is, this is what sometimes people refer to as owning a Scripture. You know, how, how can you take a Scripture and sort of own it and, and call it upon yourself? And I do this all the time. And in fact, through this, we see that we're encouraged to take Scripture that may have been intended for the Messiah or may have been intended for Israel... And to take that and have God speak that to our hearts and apply it then to ourselves. Not that we are the Messiah, not that it was said specifically about us, but we can take that and apply it to ourselves. And here's an example where these two apostles are going and applying a verse from the book of Isaiah to themselves. And they are, in a sense, owning that verse and being empowered by that verse. So there's all of this adversity coming at them. And what do they do? They call upon the scriptures and they say, The Lord has commanded us. I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. They take a scripture and apply it to themselves. Let me give you an example of that in my own life. There are numerous examples in my life where I have taken Scripture and applied it to myself. In fact, I would say that I do it several times a week. But let me give you a Scripture that has been with me for for the last 28 years or so. And that's in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 41. And if you look at this scripture, it's really beautiful. And you say, well, how did I get this scripture in particular? Well, most scriptures now that I take and apply to my own life, I get through my own personal reading time. And God seems to speak to me from a certain passage. But in this, uh, when I was baptized, uh, I was baptized by by a man named uh, Dr. T.E. Koshi, And there presiding over the baptism was a man named Brother Bhakt Singh of India. And... And... Uh, After the baptism he he would gather those together who were baptized And this man, Brother Boxing, would give each one a verse And then he would pray over them And he gave me Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 And it says, do not fear for I am with you Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God I will strengthen you, surely I will help you Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand So this verse was written to the nation of Israel. God was trying to encourage the nation of Israel. And this man prayed this verse over me and gave this verse to me as a memory verse at my baptism. And being a rather new believer, I took hold of this verse and called it my own. It was not written just for me, but I called it my own. And this verse came, became to me a constant encouragement, a constant uplifting verse to me. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. And I remember thinking, you know, how am I going to accomplish this? How am I going to get through school? How am I going to deal with my family and all the issues? And, 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 and I would start quoting this verse when it seemed strategic that my undergraduate professors had to have planned for all the exams to fall in the 48-hour period. You know, it, just, it just seemed too, you know, too unlikely for this to happen by chance again and again and again. And I would be calling upon God, quoting this verse, and calling this verse down... Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. And I would go into my exams quoting this verse and envisioning in my own mind that God was upholding me by His righteous right hand. And you know what would happen? Is that based on faith, God would uphold me by His righteous right hand. And things that I thought could never happen would start happening. I took this verse out of the prophet Isaiah and it became my very own verse. And for 30 years, 28 years now, I think, since I was baptized, this verse has stuck with me. And so often I will go back to this verse. I don't know if the man was spoken to by the Lord to give me this verse. But this verse became my own. This is what the Scriptures can do. A verse you can call as your own. And allow that single verse to empower you, just like Paul and Barnabas would go out and they said, Look, we have got this entire city upset with us. So much so that it says the prominent women... And the prominent men of the city. So they incited some of these prominent women in the synagogue. Who were wives of very important men in this city. To throw these guys out of the city. And that they did. And so they could have either turned in on themselves and thought. We must have missed God here. Or they could say no. This verse has told us that the ministry of God is going to go out to the Gentiles. And we are fulfilling this. We call this verse our own. Even though it was spoken of of the Messiah, of Jesus. We call this verse our own. You take a Scripture and you own that. And you meditate on it and you memorize it and you call it your own. And God will give Scriptures for certain situations. Recently, uh, uh, Shireen has been sharing with a couple whose son has walked away from the faith and gone astray. And this couple is a very godly couple. In fact, in fact, the man is a pastor. And so she, she took a verse from Jeremiah. So if you, if you turn to Jeremiah, you look look in Jeremiah chapter thirty one. Jeremiah chapter thirty one, verse sixteen. And seventeen, and it says, thus says the Lord, Jeremiah 31 verses 16 and 17, thus says the Lord, restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work will be rewarded, declares the Lord, and they will return from the land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, declares the Lord, and your children will return to their own territory. So this verse was written of the nation of Israel. This verse was written of the nation of Israel about 700 years before the birth of Christ. But this verse spoke to Shireen as she was praying for this family. And then she shares this verse with that family. And that family then is strengthened because of the power of this verse that was written to the nation of Israel. God can take this verse and strengthen the heart of this couple to not lose faith that their son will return. This is taking a scripture and applying it to your own life. I don't know how I would have ever gotten through had it not been day after day the scriptures encouraging me through the Word of God. Some of the hardest times in my life where God has taken a passage and spoken to my heart, and I've called that as my own, and I pray that Scripture verse back to Him, and I remind Him of that verse. And I remind Him that I am applying that verse to my life, and never has He said, "Mm -mm." "Wasn't didn't apply to you. That was written 700 years before the birth of Christ. 2,700 years ago, it doesn't apply to you. Never has He said that to me. That verse has become to me a tremendous strength. There are times that the verse is taken in the sense, you say, well, you're, you're, you're taking it out of context. I am taking it out of context, but not in a theological sense. I'm not saying God was speaking of me back in Jeremiah. Not in a theological sense am I taking it out of context. I'm taking the Scriptures and applying them to my own life. Look, it, look, look in, in Psalm, Psalm 105, in the book of Psalms. 105, and you'll see that that little verses here can have a tremendous effect. Psalm 105. We we can start reading at uh, verse 21, and this is a psalm about Joseph, how Joseph was brought up in the nation of Egypt. But Psalm 105, reading from verse 21. He made him lord of his house and ruler over all his possessions to imprison his princes at will that they might teach his elders wisdom. how is God going to speak from that? In fact, it was verse 22 that he spoke to me from on one day. And in fact, he spoke to me that verse on January 16th, 2001. He said well, what was going on on January 16th, 2001? On January 16, 2001, I had to fire a CEO. I was on the board of a company, and I had to fire the CEO. So over the chief executive officer is the board of directors. This was a very difficult thing for me, because I knew this man. And for whatever reason, the board had decided, and the board had very valid reasons, that the man had to go. And they felt that I knew him best because I was closest to him, so I should be the one to release him. And it was very difficult for me. And to make sure that it was properly covered in a legal sense, so this man was in another state, and I had to call him. But also on the line, I had to have lawyers on the line, because companies are always worried about litigation these days. So... All the other board members are on the conference call. The lawyers are on the conference call. And all the other board members are just pointing to me. Uh, Jim has something to tell you today. Well, this was a very difficult thing for me. So I was praying that morning. I've been praying all week about this thing. And it says... God has brought you up in verse 22 to imprison his princes at will that he might teach his elders wisdom. Not that the man, not that I was going to tell him he was going to prison, but imagine Joseph in the nation of Egypt now. He's been brought up in the nation of Egypt. He's been appointed second only to King Pharaoh. And now all of a sudden, he has to even imprison princes. He had seen what prisons are like. But because of his place of authority, he had to imprison princes because Pharaoh had entrusted him with the administration of the nation. It was difficult for Joseph to do this, I'm sure, but it was something he had to do. And you see how this verse strengthened me that morning, January 16, 2001. It's never strengthened me again since then. I've never had to go back to it. But that day, God strengthened me with this very verse. With this verse, He strengthened me. This is taking a Scripture, theologically totally out of context, but as, as, as for application totally within the realm of God, what he, he talks about with Scripture. And totally within the realm of what we see the apostles doing where they call down Scriptures. And this is what I want to, to have driven home to your hearts this morning. That if you could learn to take the Word of God from where you are reading that day and have that Word spoken to you, you will be emboldened and empowered far more than your understanding would ever take you. You see, these people were so emboldened by this, all of a sudden the whole city is coming against them. They needed some strength here. And so they're saying, God has told us, you are to speak to the Gentiles. You are to take the word of God to the ends of the earth. Go now unto the Gentiles. Here they had blown it with the Jews that they had tried to share in the synagogues and it got them in so much trouble that they were being driven out of the city and they said, we're going to the Gentiles And they have been emboldened because of the Scriptures. You do the same. Learn to take Scriptures and own it. And what you can do is say, Lord, speak to me through the Scriptures. And this is what I do every morning when I come to read the Scriptures. Say, Lord, speak to me through the Scriptures. Speak to me something. I don't want it to just be stories and just words that are flashing by my brain. I don't want it. This is a different kind of book. This book is different. God speaks through these words. Every word here has been put here by God to speak to the hearts of people and that's why it has survived thousands and thousands of years and long after you and I am dead and gone, this word will be speaking to people and to will be speaking to their hearts and God speaks to us through these passages. Sometimes you will hear a pastor quote a particular passage or say his passage and boom! You, know, you hear God speaking to you through that passage. Write it down. Take that verse and go and call that your own for a certain situation. And God will begin to empower you. This is being empowered through the Scriptures. This is what Paul and Barnabas were doing. And this is what we are told to do. If you can get hold of this, If you can capture this treasure which you are hearing about this morning, if you can, you will be a much stronger individual. Much stronger. And it will last with you for the rest of your life. You will be much stronger. Because of Isaiah 41 verse 10, I have become a much stronger person. Because of Isaiah 41 verse 10. And then when tragedy has hit me, Right away, my mind goes back to Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely, I will help you. Surely, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I see in my own mind's eye, God upholding me with His hand. And I am telling you, there is nobody who will stand in my way. I just am just come out so filled with passion and boldness for whatever the situation. Because that Scripture is speaking to me. You do the same. You allow God to speak to you through a Scripture. If you like Isaiah 41.10, own it. I don't own it. I have no ownership on this over you. You take it. You own it for your life. You meditate on it and you allow God to speak to you through it. Allow Him to empower you through this. And He will do it. This is what the Scriptures do in our lives. This is what they're talking about. This is what we see demonstrated in Acts 13. Because we will see these men going from city to city. Sometimes having great success, and then that great success followed by persecution after persecution. And you'd think, how can they go on? How can they endure? And it is the Word of God. When they feel that no God has written of me in Isaiah 42, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. You see what that could do to a man? If a man really believed that God has taken him and set him as a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth, there's nothing stopping that man. Charles Spurgeon, the master pulpiteer, the great preacher in the 1800s, talks about how earnestness is power and how you can absolutely be filled with earnestness. When you learn to take the Scriptures and be emboldened by them. And people will look at you and think, How are you doing this? How are you standing? And it's because this Scripture has so empowered your heart. You can't but be filled You know this, the, the, the prophet of the Old Testament, how he talks about how the Word of God, I tried to keep it in, but I could not. It became like a burning fire in my bones. You see t-shirts with this verse on it. I have taken the same thing. There are times when I've had to stand in front of groups of prisoners, 300 prisoners that are talking and milling around, and somehow stand up, get their attention. And I'm terrified. And then I hearken back to the Scriptures where he told the prophet, I will make your face like an iron pillar. Like a pillar of bronze I will make you. And then boom, all of a sudden I'm empowered as I hearken back and remember this Scripture and I said, Lord, do this in my life. And here, all of a sudden I can do this. When there's 300 guys and they're not in prison, remember, for skipping Sunday school. This was a maximum security prison, and they were all tough guys, and they, you know, they spit nails in the morning. And they were all big. At least to me, they all looked big. And I would go in and share with them, and somehow I had to get their attention. This whole yard covered with men, and I had to stand up on the on, on the back of a flatbed truck and get their attention. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? You know, I was never in prison. I never even spent a night in jail. And I'm proud of that. I don't want to spend a night in jail. <laughs> How am I going to relate to these people? It's actually, actually a lot easier for me to relate to you because I'd been in your shoes. I'd never been in their shoes. I'd never, you know, you know grown up in an abusive home like they had. Or grown up with, with, with a mother who was an alcoholic and lived on the street since I was you know, eight years old. That's what many of those men had been through. But God had called me to minister in that place. How am I going to do this? This was really frightening for me because it's the Word of God. And it was interesting what would happen when I would begin to speak. You know, one day I was, I was asked to teach a, a Bible study for the Houston Astros and which I've done for the last three years. I don't know if I'm going to do it anymore because the whole team has changed. They've got a new general manager and the whole I don't know if you know anything about the Astros but it's like almost everybody's changed. But anyway, the, the first time I was supposed to go in there my son said, Dad, can I go with you to this Bible study? And at first I said, I'm not sure you can. I said, I teach all sorts of Bible studies. You're never interested in going to them. Why would you be interested in this one? He said, Dad, please, I want to go. I said, well, I have to think about that. I'm not sure. I want to make sure your heart's really right here. And so he just, just for, for an entire week, was begging me, Dad, let me go to that Bible study with the Astros. And, and I was going to have to pull him out of school because he, he, was, I was going to have to, he was going to have to leave school, you know, like 30 minutes early or something. And that wasn't the problem. I was just playing this up as much as I could. And I told him that he'd have to bring his Bible. He'd have to dress nicely. And, and uh, uh, so anyway, we get in there and, and I told him, I said, Josiah, I think the Lord's going to do something. The Lord's really going to do something in this first Bible study. I think the Lord's really going to establish something. I said, you're going to see... As I start preaching to these men, and I knew what message I was going to preach, so I knew how hard it was going to hit. And, and I said, what's going to happen is, they're, start going to, they're going to start going under conviction. They're going to start falling upon their knees and repenting out loud. When you see that, you drop down to your knees, I'll drop down to my knees, and I'll just let the Holy Spirit go. And they'll start repenting, and then... You start speaking out things to the Lord, too, in this. And, and it'll just go like this. So anyway, we go there. And this is in the stadium. And they, they gave us this, this one room by, by the suites there. And so the guys start walking in. And as they're walking in, I didn't know who, who was who. And Josiah is like, his, his jaw is just dropping. He says, Dad, that, 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 that's the shortstop right there. Dad, that's the third basement. You just hugged the third baseman, And, okay. And, and uh... You know, this guy walks in, and I give him a hug, and this other guy, and and I say, what's your name? He says, Carlos Beltran. And Josiah's like, Dad, didn't you know who that was? And, you know, shortly after that, Carlos Beltran got a $120 million contract, and I didn't know who he was. It was just another guy. So anyway, so as I'm starting to speak, it's just the Holy Spirit started to drop. These guys started to fall on their knees and start repenting. And so I fell on my knees, Josiah on his. And when we got done, we were walking out of there. Josiah was like, Dad, how did you do that? He's just amazed. I'm telling you, this is the Word of God. I knew this would happen because I know the Scriptures. I know what happens to a man's heart when the Scriptures are preached and the Word of God starts zeroing in on a life. We can take these very verses and get hold of them. And call them our own. We can call these things upon us. This Word is utter power. And this is what we have as believers. And we have a tendency to look at the Word of God and just flip through it. That was nice. And God is saying, slow down and let me speak to you. Let me speak to you. This is not exclusive to me. Not at all. God is calling out. You read the Scriptures. Ask me to teach you something, and I will. And this is why I say, Lord, speak to me something from the Scriptures this day. Speak to me something, and teach me some word now from the Scriptures. This morning, teach me something. You watch, God will do it. And then what you do, write that passage down on a piece of paper. Just one verse, and we may be... And pull it out during the day and say, Lord, do this in my life. I need this. And you may carry that Scripture with you for a month. Say, Lord, do this in my life. Or you may be going through some desperate time and you're given a Scripture where God is encouraging you. That He's going to protect you. That He's going to help you. And just begin to pray this. Lord, do this in my life. Empower me by this Scripture. And let the Word of God begin to speak to you. And you will be a different person. Let's pray. Father, I thank You so much for the Word of God that these men took the Scriptures and applied it to their own lives and set a precedent for us to take the Word of God, to take these passages and apply them to our daily situations. Father, I pray for these young people that You so drill home to their hearts this message this day. That You would teach them to call upon You. To say, Lord, teach me from the Scriptures. And they would put in their memory that passage that You've spoken to them. And that would be an encouragement to them. And You would strengthen them, Lord. Father, I pray that you would so touch and move each, upon each one of their lives and help them. Father, the grace of God be upon them, I pray. Lord, I pray that they do not forget this message, but it resonates within their hearts their entire lives, and that you empower them through it. In the name of Jesus, amen.